Hi, this is Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Commander Worf from Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, down here at Holodeck 2. I'm joined in the newly installed foyer by my co-hosts Philip Gilfus and Daniel Prue. Gentlemen, what program should we use today? Um, I'm really, I'm still updating the Bridgemaids program, guys. You really, the, I, I was, I, you know, you know how Kirk kind of cheated the system to make sure you won? I tried, guys, and it was still a tie, so I've still got some reprogramming to do before we do this program again. Fix it, Philip. Fix it. I mean, gosh, we paid you in in, in credits for uh, a win, and the best we could do is a tie. No, no, I'm just kidding. We did but well, what, what's maybe Daniel's choice is better? What do you think we should activate? Oh, uh, Skeletor, obviously. We we, we want to fight Skeletor. I mean. <sighs> I, if you remember, Skeletor was not one of my favorite choices <sighs> in our last Bridge Maids. But this is why. This is why, guys. <laughs> you're not you're not helping the situation, Philip. Well. Today, I wanted to talk about the holodeck, and I know, I'm sure, I'm sure some of our dedicated listeners, or listeners who have started a, a, a listen-through of Earl Grey, would be like, wait, Darren, you already talked about holodecks in episode four. Now, guys, that's like a hundred-something-plus episodes back. I, so I'm I- getting a tweet right now from first-time Earl Grey, <laughs> and there's a... So I think it's okay to to broach again. And actually, I re-listened to that episode in prep, and we were more talking about the technology than its use in the show. Darren, also, I feel like you you shouldn't feel the need to defend yourself because much like TNG, <laughs> I think we can keep coming back to this well for a few more times, and we'll be we'll be okay. Okay, maybe three episodes total about the holodeck. I mean, I mean, if it's not broke, don't. Well, actually, it always breaks. Um, <laughs> if it's not broken this week, well, so today I wanted to focus on an aspect of the holodeck of using it as a as a tool, and in a function that I mean, we, we see it used for recreation. We see it used, you know, for training. Well, it's kind of a tool, but but, but I'm trying to move away from the episodes like fistful of datas where they're just it's a holodeck fantasy and focus more on when our main characters are utilizing this incredible i mean the holodeck is an incredible tool like just the fact that you can bend it to your will and create interfaces you can create you know situations and locations so i i felt there was enough there for at least a 10 minute episode but i think we can probably get an hour out of it so so first off in no particular order I wanted to talk about Troy's officer exam that she had in the main engineering hologram in Thine Own Self, which is season seven, episode 16. This is the famous sending Geordi to his death scene. Now, again, it's not a very, you know, intensive recreation in the fact that, you know, he just reappears when she reactivates it. It's not very holography but it is on the holodeck and it is showing that they use the holodeck for conducting you know evaluations and exams and very kind of starfleet you know uh, it's like school if i could have a school in a holodeck i think that would be great 
So, in, and, you know, it is the, I think it's like the B or C plot of that episode, but it is, I think, the great way to start talking about this use of holodeck technology. You know, it makes me wonder, we sort of see the evolution of training. Like in, in Star Trek Two, they have the, uh, the danger room that they use, <laughs> um, the danger bridge room. And they have to repair like every oh, every week with those cadets. Oh, lousy Kobayashi Maru. Um, but then even even in coming of age on on the next generation, we have you know what the what is it called the character test or what is it the uh, the psych you know, the, test the psych test excuse me um, which is not actually what it's supposed to be called apparently um, but anyway <laughs> but yeah and so you have like the, oh no I'm gonna die and then it's like turn it off shh. <sighs> all right clean it out <laughs> clean it this is just a cargo bay um, there's a bell ringing and the red light turns off and they can open the door and <laughs> that's right. And then Admiral Kirk comes out. And, no, wait, wrong one. He's, he's um, clapping the slow clap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Wesley. There, yeah, Philip, you hit it right on the head. Like, I literally had the same two thoughts. First, my head went to the Kobayashi Maru. And then I actually, I started like you did in Star Trek Two, and then went to 09. And I'm thinking Star Trek Two actually has more convincing simulation in that aspect. And I think that was also part of the joke in 09 where he, nobody, he wasn't taking it seriously. Is he not taking this seriously? Um, He's eating an apple. (laughs) But it's not as, you know, it's not as intense, obviously. Uh, But then coming of age came to my mind and I'm like, why did that, like, that must be the most elaborate setup for something they can do with holodeck technology ever. Like, why did they they get, they hire actors. They have like, it could have been a holodeck. We just wouldn't know it. No, because I think everything ends and like the person that's under the thing, like gets up and, Oh, I'm just fine. (laughs) Wesley, don't worry. Like, would you right. like my card? I'm part of an acting group. We have improvs at Ha Ha's on. Friday I'm going to get nights. my SAG credit after this. This is great, and that sp- stands for uh, uh, Space Actors Guild, I believe. Uh, Starfleet Actors Guild. <laughs> so it's like I, that, Starfleet Academy. It's Guild. so funny that you started here because that's exactly where my head went. Was like, why the heck did they didn't they use this in Coming of Eight? Like this should be the ultimate right. training tool. There's no reason you would ever. Just build a massive building that's a massive holodeck and just, you know, use that. And, and again, we, there are other shows like Voyager and, and uh, See, I feel like this uh, that uses this time. But we're going to focus on TNG. Well, this is the arguments I think about, you know, it's kind of like I think, Dan, you've done this replicator argument. But this is sort of the holodeck argument. Like, shouldn't every building be a holodeck? Yeah, right. right. Like, 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 you would never need to, like... Man, we I would really like to redesign this room, not knock down the... Oh, a computer adjust, you know, like... Right. Every, and and like, it's actually no a cube that's ten meter, ten feet square. But from the holodeck's perspective, it's like a mansion. You wouldn't know. <laughs> it, yeah, it is the problem w- when you're dealing with essentially ultimate energy or uh, unlimited energy, and then you know uh, unlimited capabilities to do to do what you want. With it, is that there's kind of you're going to run into these kind of inconsistencies. If they like whatever, maybe okay, whatever. The reason that not the entire Enterprise isn't a holodeck is because it's too energy intensive or whatever. Okay. Right. Fine. That makes sense. You have you have a couple of rooms dedicated. <laughs> but a building. But a building. That's if, connected to like a geothermal right, plant or something. If you're on Earth, you would think that they literally would have unlimited energy and it would be fine. And yeah, then, then you do have to ask yourself. What, one lucky hit by the brain and suddenly Earth just this black and yellow <laughs> yeah. grid. Oh, that would actually be pretty. Like the entire, uh, the, the bridge, the Bay Bridge just kind of just goes away. And like, <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, it's the sign of the LaForge on the bridge. <laughs> but but at least for these things, for, for the test that Deanna takes specifically, and then, of course, the one that Wesley takes earlier on in the show, these are perfect scenarios where you would use the combat training. You, like the Yar, we see Yar in, uh, oh, the Bracist episode. Um, <laughs> uh, Code of Honor, Honor, when she's doing her ninja thing. And right. like that makes for training sense. yeah it's like it's like why is the phaser dots range not on the holodeck yeah. there's why yeah no why would that not be part of the holodeck it's absurd like you would never train anywhere else except the holodeck ever i feel like ever in the ever the danger room the danger room yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving on to well, no, i mean but i think also the just one last thing about the training is that you know i and we all do and we all have different jobs obviously but we all have done like the boring training of like watching the video of like <laughs> right. It, I don't. I don't know. I wish, this isn't the first topic I think of, which I don't know why it is. Sexual like, harassment sec- training <laughs> on the end. Sexual harassment. Sexual, like, sexual harassment. harassment it's like, <laughs> but instead, like, like, in, like you're 80s. the person, and as you walk through, if you say the wrong thing, you get slapped, and it's yeah. just repeatedly. But like making it personal oh, when with Troy takes a test that it's not just like. You're sending like a person, you know, Commander Schmedlab, to his death. <laughs> it's like Jordy. Okay, well, this, that's what makes it more real. Um, so it's, it's Commander Bruce Maddox, and she has no qualms sending him to his it's death. Like, no, we actually, we can just repair that with the drone's computer. No, I, I think he needs to go. You know, you know, it's really an interesting aspect of this too uh, that we're kind of starting to come into now with all this uh, VR technology that we have developing. You know, people are like, oh. You know, you see these videos online of people like doing roller coaster stuff and with the VR headsets on their head and and their friends push them and these people freak out like, oh, my God, like I'm really in this world. It's pretty easy to trick trick the brain and imagine and especially if it's in all encompassing world, like all of a sudden you step into this world and it is your friend that you have to send to death. Maybe you do know you know the the reasonable part of your brain knows but the the emotional thing is it, it sees your friend standing there and still sending him to their death might be a difficult decision who knows but and i feel like that would be a uh a, an interesting week after that of your friend being like so heard you kill me <laughs> five times <laughs> jordy just sighs everybody has to kill me <laughs> Even him in his <laughs> test, he has to send to his Like in order to take the engineer job yep. in season two, yep. he had to send himself to. That's why death. he gets promoted so fast. He gets double credit for that. So <laughs> he's a self-loather. <laughs> he both survived and died in the test, which is the amazing thing. But like, so think about it. Like the Kobayashi Maru that we see in. He's the only engineer <laughs> to ever have Jordy survive. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny like like the kobayashi Maru, like in picard's time i guess maybe when he was in uh in the academy maybe they didn't have the holodeck technology because we're we're given to believe that in the beginning of tng it's relatively new um or at least new on starships, new on starships which I, yeah you'd think it'd be around star bases or planets before i mean he's having that fangasm in the dixon hill episode <laughs> it's like it's it's real and it's you can feel it. And it's like, oh my god, is this the smells? This about? The, really, the smells, Captain? Okay, yes, the smells. <laughs> so you know, but I just feel like, uh, man, they would not be restricted, even if it was way before TNG time. They wouldn't be restricted by just 
what room can we mock up to look like the bridge of a ship, you know, because then what if they could send people to the escape pods or whatever? What if they had to leave the room? What if they had to Kirk had to generations that stuff? And don't don't worry. They have a really good DM, <laughs> nice. and uh, he's controlling the roles. And so. Well, and in I think it's Ship in the Bottle or one of the Moriarty ones. I mean, he creates the illusion that they're in the entire Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the whole starship wow. that they. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. When the corridor started to tip up at ninety degree <laughs> angle, that's when they knew. So, all right. Well, moving on to not the. In theory, okay, it's a great use, but it gets really creepy really fast. No, in theory, really it's fast. a great episode. No, yes, oh, no, no. Okay. Uh, but I'm talking about Geordi's use of the holodeck to recreate the Utopia Planitia shipyard in Booby Trap and also uh, Dr. Leah Brahms. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm giving him props for the, for the location, uh, not for the creepy, say, five commands. Jordy just knows what to say, because pretty much in five sentences, he can make a fully sentient hologram, no matter what. <laughs> I think he's needs. they need to watch that. Well, now, and, and I was thinking, this is a uh, a Trek trope that we created, the create the expert. You right. Because uh, I was watching... Oh, just Vol- access their personal logs and dump their personality in. Oh, look, it's perfect. It's like, like what? A, I can't remember the name of the episode. Suddenly human? That doesn't sound right. But anyway, I was watching a Voyager episode where the doc EMH... Oh, yeah. A, the Cardassian... Yeah, uh, Gil- uh, Merced. Doctor. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, and then, you know, you've had... Uh, well, Voyager, of course, also did um, Dr. Zimmerman before we met him in real life um, as a hologram. Um, but, you know, that's sort of like the create the expert guest character. Um, but but we sort of did it first with Leah Brahms. Of course, we were the the first ones to bring them back. Which is funny because anyway. later when they try to make like the backup doctor and they just install like the entire medical database, he starts reading like Grey's Anatomy. It's like, yes. wait, so it worked for the Cardassian, but not for the backup doctor. I, I was noticing that. I was like, you know, because that was like season whatever, and then like two seasons later, Harry's like, oh yeah, I can make it. I guess he he, he was reading up that those two years. <laughs> he, he had a lot to do when he wasn't being promoted. It also seems like an extremely abstract way to kind of problem solve. Like yeah. if you're com- if the computer that like you can directly you're making a bot yeah basically. if you can already <laughs> directly interact with a computer that already knows all of these things why do you have to sift through personalities and scenarios like why can't you just be like okay computer that's true give so, me so like the top one hundred best solutions to this problem and we'll <laughs> go through them one by one I've got the time. Well- but what's the recipe for Fujili, Daniel? That's going to be... <laughs> well, that's true because, you know, when Jordy's talking to the, the Leah Brahms hologram and she's, like, fighting him on his opinion, it's like, what is the computer actually doing? Is it saying, I'm right, you're wrong, like, as a computer? It feels like you're literally wasting processing power on unnecessary... Like, and that was the episode... Uh, Galaxy's Child, is it? Or, um... Booby traps first. Galaxy of oh, Trap, the okay. actual route. Yeah. Um, so this is like the destruction of the Enterprise level issue here, uh, right? And and uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 more inclined to be like, no, why don't you just talk to the computer and figure it out, you two, instead of like recreating this scenario, finding the right. Conversations I mean, it's his whiteboard. The hologram holodeck is Jordy's whiteboard. I get it's kind of creative <laughs> problem solving, but to me, it just seems like you're you're placing way too many steps in between. Look, when the season one era music starts playing when you create a female on the holodeck that's when the red flag starts going up <laughs> i was just waiting for like you know captain picard to come and be like 
uh, Dr. Brobs, she is truly remarkable, Geordie. <laughs> the <Catherine> smells. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. Okay. Like, imagine you're like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like you're a surgeon or something. And, and you go and you're like, this is what I need to do. I need to find a coloring book of the human body. And, you know, you like you go through all of this process to like kind of it's right. so I weird. Just, I don't know. I just imagine a holographic creation of the 80s guy that wore, like, the costume that had all the body parts on the outside. <laughs> oh, Slim somebody? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, <laughs> the next good use I have is in the episode uh, Homeworld, which is uh, Worf's foster brother, Nikolai, creates... Yeah, oh, sorry, Homeward. Yeah, bound. he creates the... This is with Shadow. The, it's an incredible, incredible journey. journey. This is with Shadow. Um, so, I can't remember. <laughs> Sassy, Sassy and Chance. <laughs> yep. That's what we named the, the people. But yeah, so he's creating all... Uh, this is the uh, Star Trek Insurrection before Star Trek Insurrection. Uh, basically, we're relocating these people... And we don't want them to realize it. So they're going through caves and it's all on the holodeck and the sign of the forge is on the wall. I don't and think the cultural appropriation should really be a great use of holodeck, but, um, but, uh, so this, fooling native population yeah, this is the, was not on the approved list. So this is the, this is the bad deceptive case use of the holodeck, right? We get it in insurrection and we get it in this episode as well. Uh, and it can be used to deceive people. Oh, the Moriarty episode as well. Right. Uh, uh, ship in a ship bottle. In a bottle. Um, w- Didn't anyone play with ships and <laughs> bottles when they were little? You know, it's uh, there is something to be said about literally being able to kind of call, you know, you know, trick a person or many, many people, you know, into crazy situations that they would never, ever, ever find like entrapment, basically. And uh, this is it's interesting because, uh, again, like you said, it's just like insurrection, but moving an entire group of people uh, against their will or without their knowledge, um, without their consent right. is a huge problem. But it's also well, and and someone died because yeah. of that. Well, not only died. I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean, you really got I mean, that's like eight steps <laughs> removed. Yes, Darren, someone did die. In the episode that featured a holic, I'm not saying the, the holodeck killed the person. Well, I mean, well, the well, holodeck was responsible. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, it wasn't a. Per- I don't think you can blame suicide on the holodeck. <laughs> <laughs> the door uh, won't open. <laughs> Again, if uh, if the holodeck had been working properly that entire episode, we probably wouldn't have run into this problem, anyways. But it was just that. Yeah, you think the first thing it would have done was lock the doors, <laughs> but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's a very open society. Um, see, if there had been a privacy for you, maybe he would have had a chance. <laughs> and but... also, remember, too, this is a room that's maybe 20 feet by 20 feet, and there's like 100 a small people tribe. in that room. How are they not True. actually physically bumping shoulders? I'll never understand, but, uh, you know, it's okay. I mean, I have to wonder, like... I know visually, because, you know, I mean, it's all made up, I know, but, like, you were saying how you can trick the mind. I mean, isn't there, like, a sort of, like, don't you feel that you're in a room? Because some of those holidays seem the like... Smells, <laughs> the <laughs> smells, The smells. You know, I would just feel like, is, is, you know, Barkley, like, I feel like Barkley, you know, as as, as uh, neurotic as he is, as much as he loves the holodeck, I feel like he'd be the first person to be like, I'm claustrophobic in here. You know, not, uh, not, I can feel not, the walls. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I buy. I really do buy the 
I mean, especially since this this technology hmm. is clearly obviously not real, but but so advanced that it, it can definitely trick all of the senses. I mean, there's nothing that can't be tricked with trickery, Possible right? Like, I mean, edit you know, here. optical illusions are have been a thing for you know that we've understood for hundreds of years. There's there's True. no reason that in in you know with technology advancing, we that we can't trick your brain into thinking. And is it a duck or a rabbit? <laughs> a duck or a rabbit? <laughs> So I, you know, I totally buy that aspect of it, and 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 that's part of the reason why you, we think about it, we talk about it as Star Trek fans. Like, would you ever actually leave the holodeck? Well, no, of course you wouldn't, because you can go anywhere and do anything you want, and it would be amazing. And why would you, you know? And, it, it, you know, it's just I, I buy that aspect of it. That's totally real to me. Well, like, and and Darren, would you, this this mention that you you brought up, it it wasn't on your list, but it made me think of um, it's not really recreation. But also the holodeck as a use of uh, therapy or counseling, because mm. um, it also made me because, you know, even though the people don't know it, but in a way it's a, you know, we're simulating your your place so we can transition you to a new place because we're gods, apparently. But anyway, with that aside, imperialism aside, um, but it made me think about just like the small times of like when, um, you know, Scotty, you know, looked at the Enterprise Bridge. Or when um, Admiral Jarok Data took him to the, I don't know, right. place on Romulus or whatever it was. Um, and there's so many times that the holodeck in TNG and elsewhere is used to like, hey, this is this home or this place or this whatever. And it's sort of usually used not necessarily as recreation per se, but more of a like, you know, a use, a their counseling use. Because usually it's Troy or someone else kind of accompanying them to like sort of calm them down. Well, think of, uh, think of Nog, right? I mean, that's exactly what that was. I mean, it wasn't, obviously it wasn't prescribed, and he... he... I think he had some Barclayitis. <laughs> sure, episode, though. for sure. But yes. <clears throat> All right, so next, this is the episode that actually started this whole topic thought in my head, and it's Identity Crisis. This is the one where Jordy turns into the creepy, glowy alien. <laughs> <laughs> but... This is the one where he's trying to figure out the mystery of that away mission he was on oh so long ago and where there's the extra shadow. And I, I just love this episode where he deconstructs the scene from the, the camera and he's trying to figure out like all the elements and the layers and he, he CSIs all over, you know, that recording and, and gets, uh, you know, an answer. And I just, I loved that aspect of this episode. I, and I agree with you, Darren. I totally do. But I, uh, there's a Daniel voice in me going like, this is the sort of like, the computer would be like, dude, there's a shadow. Like, you know, like, <laughs> right. did we need like the 20 minute like, all right, remove three meters of rock. All right. This part, like, at the beginning, it's like, yeah, there's a shadow that shouldn't right. be. Run spectral analysis. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, that aside, though, it is. I do like that. Yeah, there are a couple of problems with this concept. Um I mean, I do. I like the application of the holodeck for sure. That no, it, apparently everyone loves the aspect. But go ahead. No. <laughs> but the ratio. But the, oh, zing! <laughs> no, the biggest problem is since when do we? I mean, this is also a problem with larger Star Trek in general. First of all, you would think that there's surveillance going on all the time, everywhere, all the time, enough to know everything that's happening at once. It would make for a boring show. But you think the technology would be there? But if you had the ability to record all of your Away team missions, that would also kind of uh, shortcut some of the plots for most of these episodes. Yeah. 
Though I also feel like when you're going on like a way team, and you're like, oh hey, Commander Riker, or Commander Data's brought us to the way team. All right, guys. All right, Darren. Um, I want you to you to you'll be here's the tricorder. I want you to be taking readings, Daniel. You'll be taking pictures. Yeah. Just uh, <laughs> you could wear that right there. Just kind of be pointing at everyone. Well, you think? I mean, Thanks. you would think that every communicator uh, literally has full sense. Well, you could just put a tricorder in a communicator and sense everything all the time that everybody was. Whoa, at. Um, Daniel, we can't do that in the twenty fourth century. <laughs> 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 well, like like tricorders are just like empathic; they can sort of sense the area. But you really need. I mean, how many times do they say? Like, Captain, you need to come down and see this. Why? Why do I need to come down and see this? Just turn on your camera Tell in me. the science lab Tell and me. let me see what it is, you know. Commander Riker, you better come and see this. I'm I'm like two meters yeah. away. Just tell me what you're like. It's a dead Romulan. Can you just say dead Romulan? Fine, I'll walk over there. But yeah, no, I mean, we get that. But and yes, I'm sure he could ask the computer core the size of a building to figure <laughs> out whether or not there's an extra shadow. But, you know, we want our characters to be able to do things for themselves. I do love. Well, and it makes me laugh every time I watch this episode. I love when he's like, Jordy's like, what the heck could be casting this shadow? And it's like, computer, reconstruct what's making this shadow, and it just makes this big blur. I know, it's like a blob. That's, that's, the big, cre- that's super creepy, because it's like, that's, that's, that's creepy. I would have seen that guy. Yeah. I think I remember <laughs> Commander Blob. Oh, Commander Blob. So, oh, okay, so next, uh, the, uh, this is kind of on the edge of this principle of, of using the holodeck as a tool, but the Enterprise itself uses the holodeck to create a simulation in emergence when it's creating its new life form and we're on the train to New Vertiform City. So, this is episode 723, and so, yeah, I guess it is using it as a tool as it's kind of sorting out its own thoughts in an interface i don't know it's but they do well, interact with it, it. Comes down, mm-hmm. i mean i think it comes down to what daniel was kind of saying that like the computer itself is boring right like you know like you theoretically that's how it should work because that's who it is right. and but like in order for it to whatever the hall that's what the holodeck does it, it brings things to life I'm just picturing now in like a measure of man where Riker goes to that console and he's looking up the statistics of data. How cool would it have been? I mean, I know it would have been crazy budget, but to have he's on the holodeck and he pushes a button and then there's like data standing there and then he pushes another button and it's like all of his innards, like the servo mechanisms and such. Like computer holographic data. And it's like, like, it's like cross section. It's like, shoo. yeah. Or is it like, like um, you know, in the Avengers or Iron Man, where he's just Tony Stark's data and like, shoo! Like, <laughs> Pretty much. Data opens up and you see inside. See, there, here's his heart right here. I found it. This is, oh, man. This episode. Uh, you know, it's just, there are so many. This new series, and Star Trek has kind of skirted around this issue. Um, we we get it. The Enterprise or the ship or the station, whatever, is is always a character on the show. Um, and we even literally give a voice to that character, but we never really explore it. And this is kind of the closest we get to that idea of like exploring the ship as a character because it is AI. 
Yes, it is. It's AI. It's absolutely. It would absolutely have a personality, and I really hope the next series, this next series, at least explores it a little bit. Um, and for those of you who play games, uh, we could do a kind of Mass Effect thing uh, with Edie, this the ship's AI. But basically, you or give, Cortana or, or Cortana yeah. or um, the Great Doctor Who episode where the the TARDIS gets oh the yeah. TARDIS oh uh, yeah uh, the Doctor's yeah. wife and it's like that idea that okay. This thing is so smart. I mean, come on. At this point, they've done everything but that, right? That's true. Uh, uh, the Doctor, essentially, is part of Voyager's computer. Even the DS9 station has its own personality. Exactly. Uh, so it's like, at this point, you might as well just assign the ship a personality and it's in some form or shape. And because and, that would be a kind of cool... I would Come love if there's if if they announce the casting and include who's playing the ship. <laughs> that would be and really playing cool. the ship. It's actually just well, them in a suit and they're like <laughs> in front of a blue screen. I think the effects are going to be so good with this. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, you know, we obviously we we don't have oh, then, uh, yeah. we don't have Majel, Majel anymore. Mayor. So yeah. it will be interesting to see who will actually play at least the voice of the computer, even if it's. Uh, I think Tristan but votes Balana. <laughs> oh, she did. She did pretty good. I. I don't know. I, I hope it's somebody. Uh, I hope it's Jarvis. Actually, I just changed my answer. Oh, Paul Bentley. <laughs> yeah, Paul Bettany should definitely. That gets a little too on the nose, right there. <laughs> the, though I'm also saying that the fact that Majel did do the computer voice for like 25, <laughs> 30 years, she probably has said every single word you would ever need. The that's true. To say. You could. You could write a program. Just slice it pretty easily. Mission Impossible. It. <laughs> or like, and this is just from, you know, obviously. Uh, uh, Brian Fuller, uh, we're, we're super Star Trek fans. Listen to us. Um, if you want to go off the wall, do like a Christopher Walken. That would be cool. Let's 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 think outside the box, man. That would be a lot of lag time. (laughs) (laughs) That would actually be really funny. Uh, But anyways, yeah. Anyways, I digress. I'm sorry. I was taking us a little. No, no, that's good. Well, well, it is like the computer coming alive, right? Um, and and yeah, because the computer is alive at this point. I mean. Especially in the beginning of the TNG, we're, like, given to think that the ship... What is this? What is this? The ship can run itself. Yeah. And, and everybody talks to it. And it, it, you know, it even has snark sometimes. Like, there are some times that people are like, hey, computer, this and this. And it gives you the kind of a half-sarcastic answer. <laughs> and so... I think the computer told Data to shut up one yeah. time, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I think that was saying. a dream, but yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you, Daniel. And I mean, I think I've mentioned it once before on another episode of Real Grey that I, I would love to see an episode. It doesn't have to be a reoccurring character. It's a single character, like a lower decks kind of character that they're just responsible for sorting through all the gigaquads of data that's generated every day from sensor recordings to personal logs to, I mean, if there's cameras everywhere, like how do you sort through that and keep what is needed and get rid of what is not? Because you mean space isn't infinite as far as the amount of storage capacity even a ship like the Enterprise would have. I, and I am picturing, and I'm not picking on Daniel, but like I'm picturing sort of like the stereotypical like in the basement IT person. <laughs> like you have all these like young fit, young fit Starfleet people, and you go down to like the computer ban- management. It's sort of like the guy from Jurassic Park. Ah, you, know? uh, 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 like, you didn't say the magic word. Candy wrappers all <laughs> over his desk, and you know he's like, or "Where's anybody- Lieutenant Smith? Check the vending machines." <laughs> or if anybody uh, is familiar with the IT crowd, uh, the guy in the server room, we can talk. Yeah, that's that's exactly who the computer <laughs> oh, would be. <laughs> Well, an, a small example of using the holodeck as a tool is in the nth degree where super smart Barkley creates his interface chair and he's like, 
oh, I need such and such. And the computer's like, I don't know what that is. He's like, here's how you build one, you know. But so again, it's it's a part of the plot, but it it is it does showcase how it, you could really build anything you want. And supposedly the Enterprise can at least create what like hard light constructs that obey laws of physics and stuff. It's it's very technical. Well, there's and I'm not there's a part I wouldn't make up now, but I know it's on the list, so I won't bring it up until you bring it up. But like the fact that the holodeck can do more than it should, yeah. Um, and and I'll well, I, we can just talk about um Moriarty. Like, is that really, really? Should the holodeck be able to do something more than it should? Be oh, able I to didn't do? uncheck the box. Create sentient life. Oh darn. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's like, but like even with Barkley in that episode, like it's doing something that's not feasible but then again you know it's really just a fancy replicator yeah or transporter at the end of the day um if i understand it's for it. people who don't um, want to do the command prompt they want the visual interface <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait wait yeah i like it like so it's, it's just the a gooey, gooey. yeah it's, yep. gooey. Yep. Yes. <laughs> it's the hooey <laughs> yeah like I'm gonna use the L cars Linux. Well, you look okay. You can fine, okay. But I'm gonna be in the holodeck. <laughs> so, well, I so will does say, that mean? I will does that say mean that when Worf goes just as user friendly as Linux is, anyways? So <laughs> does that mean when Worf, you know, was stumped by the computer panel and it wasn't in the proper configuration? It was in Dvorak. Is that why he got all <laughs> flustered? <laughs> I can't send my space mail. Uh, okay so only a couple more unless there's mentions that i haven't listed here but another training mission was in chain of command where picard beverly and Worf are training for their covert mission onto the cardassian planet and yeah this is you know again just you know oh this time the guard was here and this time the guard was here and they're playing a video game literally yeah training and recreation is a fine line because like you know, and again, it's not an original idea. Well, I suppose it is. Then that next generation did it first. But like, I remember, and I'm not don't do episode titles of other series. Um, Deep Space Nine, where they ended up teaming up with the Jem'Hadar against the Jem'Hadar, and they had the the joint Jem'Hadar Starfleet mission, and they because that's what they did. They had the little sort of training, epi- you know, in the hollow or hollow suite, excuse me, um, with with the Starfleet and the Jem'Hadar. So, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that direct hands-on training is done occasionally but this so, was an instance of it I th- and, and i can't remember what episode probably any of them when you think about it but uh, that i really thought about this like not being a programmer or a computer person or whatever you know i'm very simplistic um but like well you actually have to create this stuff like that like training program it's not like you know i forget the name of the planet but like cetrus three you know like cetrus three boom right it's like someone had to be like Okay, here's the color of the rock. What kind of rock? Here's the placement of the rock. This is where, and I'm like, ugh. Are you saying, like, if you look off into the background, you can see the cut-paste mechanism of the tree line? <laughs> but no, that's true. I mean, you would need a very advanced AI, which the computer is, to help you create such a program. It's so dense. So, it's not great. Sometimes you ask for a table. Ah, <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, that's true. Josh, how did I forget my favorite table scene listed here? So that's, let's say that's, uh, is that Riker? <laughs> we'll say Riker calls for that. Um, but yeah, in Schisms, um, he called, yeah, they use the. No, it's, it's Schisms, Tristan. <laughs> so in the clicky one, they use the holodeck <laughs> to create 
something from their imaginations, from their memory. And it's the craziest looking table I've ever seen, but <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe, maybe so. But yeah, that's a, that's a great example of using that instead of, it's basically the sketch artist of the computer. <laughs> it's like, describe the table that hit you, you know, <laughs> was it? <laughs> I, I just I feel like we've, we've gone a long way from like the one you would get when you were on a long ride, you know, to who knows where in summer vacation with like the magnet of like Wooly <laughs> Wally or whatever you would do. The magna doodle. Yeah. Then we, now we have the, yeah. you know, it kind mm-hmm. of, you know what kind of scares me though is like imagine now there's four people that have been experiencing this right right they all, they all go into the holodeck and like Riker's one of them and have you, do you guys follow the Twitter account Riker Google's yes oh man uh, Philip just shook his head Philip you need to, to watch it or to follow it it's really really funny basically it's just all of the Google searches that Riker would go through and it's really it's great. So it's making me think that, like, imagine you, you go on the holodeck, the ship's smart enough to know you and your personal history. Um, so maybe the holodeck, <laughs> the holodeck has kind of like an autofill feature. You know how Google has autofill? I see <laughs> where this is going. <laughs> so Riker gets in there and he's like, computer, I need a chair. And, uh, you know, I'll let you, I'll leave it to your imagination what that <laughs> might mean for, you know, someone like Riker. Well, then Worf, he gets his uncomfortable, like, hand chair, hand chair that's up in his, uh, oh, in his room. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, it would be really funny because if the if the if the computer is so you're smart, saying clearing the browser history of the holodeck is a wise <laughs> yes move. before you go in there yeah or or uh, you know maybe going into the holodeck in incognito mode might uh, might serve yeah, you best. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh. Okay, well, one of the last ones I had on my list uh, episode, it's truly a joy, is a matter of perspective, and this is the one where they recreate the space station. And the Krager waves actually react with the holographic station from the generator on the planet and, like, kill a woman. You know, that's a direct death, Philip, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, that's where, again, the holodeck can do that now. Great. (laughs) Yeah, that was, and that's what I, one I didn't want to mention because you didn't mention Of, like, the holodeck can do more than what it can do. Like, I mean, can you create a warp core in the the (laughs) holodeck? I mean, like, you know, like, really, like, how far can we go? Yeah. Well, we can create life, apparently. So I guess there is no limit to what you can do in the holodeck, but... Yeah, they they definitely need to set hard and fast rules for a lot of these things, because we took yeah, them for, but then for granted. you get the issue of, like, you know, a certain oh, number of... episode coming up. Well, but then you get, like, a certain number of torpedoes on the USS Voyager. Like, it's good to... Yes, I agree it's good to set limits, but you have to also be careful not to make it too constricting. No, 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 no. Well, no. No, no, I disagree completely. And I'm I'm gonna tell you why. It, like... Next on <clears throat> Battle Bridge. There is no problem with saying in the beginning of Voyager, we have whatever XX number of torpedoes, and when they run out, we're out. 20? That's not a lot. <laughs> so uh, there's no problem with that. It's the writer's fault past that point. If, if you establish it, fine. First True. of all, this is Star Trek. If you want to make some ridiculous reason that you can come up with more torpedoes, then that's okay. I'm sure there's a bazillion ways they could have gotten more torpedoes. The problem is they didn't even bother to try. They just said, well, Neelix, I'm glad you made all those Leola root torpedoes. <laughs> and that is the name of the episode right there. <laughs> Leola root torpedoes. But, you know, it's, it's, 
And this is why canon matters, and this is why context matters, because all of these stories take place in a setting of some sort that, that, that elevates or, or kind of deflates the stakes. And if, if literally Voyager can go around and just shoot torpedoes at everybody and blow everything up, that, even though it's established that they don't have that capability, then yeah, it does kind of make it seem... And I'm not just ragging on Voyager, but that's just what we... That, that's just a, I'm now picturing Endgame, and they're in the transwarp conduit, and they need the torpedo to destroy the Borg sphere in front of them, and they're like, and it's like, click, click, oh, man. We, just, we only have one left, and you better make it down. <laughs> well, that would actually elevate the stakes, right? And that would have yeah, been yeah. interesting. So, it's, you know, it's just like, but there are certain things in Star Trek that we take for granted that don't make sense a lot of the time. Replicator technology holodeck technology these uh, these kinds of things have to be clearly established so we understand at least what their limits are because if there are no limits then you can do these things these the endless things with them and i think that that's what's one of the things i'm most excited about for the new star trek show is like in the way that modern storytelling works is like you can establish stakes that can't be broken uh and it just felt like you know because of the way things were established before you can just you can be a little more fluid with them I mean, like, if you said that you can only go a certain warp speed, I think that limit. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, but the way modern television is told is, you're exactly right, Daniel, they they set the stakes. They're thinking long term. They're thinking the entire season on day one. They're not thinking, oh, we got to write a dozen episodes and then keep. That's just not how television's done anymore. You you And so it's totally feasible that it goes into the writer's Bible that this is how this technology works or this is how you know, torpedoes work or whatever. And you can hopefully stick to that. Cause we'd like, you know, that's, that's why Star Trek is sci-fi. The how matters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm saying there's conveyor belts in the holodeck. They're, oh, there are. treadmills. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Treadmill floors. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, that was my list. Is there any besides uh, schisms I added? Is there any that I missed? You think, for using the holodeck as a as a tool you know um i feel like i've been talking a lot this episode and uh and have gotten on a lot of soapbox but let me soap boxes um i think somebody should tell data what that means uh but let me get on one more inquiry <laughs> soapbox <laughs> not now data <laughs> my, to snope <laughs> my last point here um I hate it when people call these are the voyages a TNG episode. I really do. Really bothers me a lot. But it is a good ex- a good example of what we're talking about, and it features Star Trek TNG characters. Um, so I feel like it's fair game for this conversation. It is fair game for our honorable mentions yeah. at the end here. So. Um, and that's actually a really cool concept for uh, for holodeck technology. Like, do you want to go back and experience a historically significant event you know in in a way that's real uh in a way that 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 changes your perspective of exactly what happened that's a really cool kind of uh element to the, to the holodeck that we don't actually get to see a lot of i feel like yeah and the and the one thing and i think we had mentioned it um off mic um was uh in family with with wesley um seeing his his dad right um i mean you know it's a very basic i suppose uh you know we're, we're talking about all this other stuff um and it's not recreation but just simply holographic messaging which i guess you know like that's old hat to us oh blah, 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 which of course doesn't even exist really but um 
I mean, that's just sort of basicness, even though it's sort of a, you know, there was a compatibility issue there, I think, you know, using um, technology for, you know, newer technology. Um, this 8-track won't fit into my iPod. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but nevertheless, you know, Wesley got to see his dad. And again, that's really what the holiday, as we've all discussed, is about the power of the visual, the power of, of that, uh, of perception. It's a matter of perspective. Um, but, it, I mean, it also makes me wonder about, you know, basically with matter of perspective and then with, um, oh, with something we've already mentioned here. But it made me, oh, watch the schisms of, of the psychology of, because um, at least in the legal sphere, but of course anything, of that, how much um, eyewitness statements mm. are so terrible. Like, yeah. there's, it's how many, and I mean, I'm not getting a so about, but I'm just saying how much, you know, that in, in criminal justice system, you know, convictions could be on, on one eyewitness, which are so terribly unreliable. And I just wonder, like, if you do the holiday, when you're doing, like, you have the schisms, I would love to see the actual argument is going to be like, that's not what that table looked like at all. What are you talking about? Like, this is what it looked like. No, you have it completely wrong. And, like, even though they all saw the same thing, but. As they were semi-unconscious through the in the void. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, no, it's, although I liked what you said, uh, Daniel, about, you know, the almost incompatibility. And now I'm picturing, like, uh, planned obsolescence of hol- holodecks <laughs> where it's like next year holodeck 4k is coming out <laughs> uh, and can you run holodeck 4 in compatibility of holodeck 1 because some of my best novels were in the holodeck 1 format yeah and- see you watch it and it's and you can't control the camera and the resolution's terrible <laughs> the background it feels like there's a wall there like it feels like you're on a set yeah, so. I, mean, I like it when you could see the grid lines. That's what I like about my holiday <laughs> games. See, so you're you're, you're going to have to upgrade to HOS 4.0 uh, in order to run this program, but you lose all your, uh, ah. your old stuff. So uh, awkward. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, again, there'd be so many. It'd be inter- really interesting to see, you know, especially a lot of it's going to obviously be where, what time frame the new series is set in is it set in a time where there are holodeck technology or not because hey, like we've seen many t- it didn't stop enterprise they had a bag of sand and that worked for them so uh, that is true you know, that I'm is true saying. did it, did it? <laughs> well no, it was an episode for kidding. them anyways <laughs> right recreation deck but yeah well as long as you get a danger room you know that's uh That'll be fine. So, all right. Well, it's, you know, again, it's always fun revisiting topics that we've talked about here on Earl Grey. And again, there's there's many, many to many topics we've talked about in over 144 episodes. So, yeah, we do encourage you to take a look at our back catalog, look at some of our technology ones. I mean, I still can't believe we did an episode all about separating the saucer and the times they did that. But we did. We found a way. And, so, and we did it manually. Earl Grey finds a way. <laughs> they were so excited whether or not they could. They didn't <laughs> stop to think if they should. <laughs> oh, but, but yes. Yeah, so, uh, but again, it's been it's been fun talking about holodecks and their use for creating sentient life, among other things. But that's not the only thing we've been talking about here on Earl Grey this week. Here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, The Ready Room. You know, Star Trek All Axios gives you a great acronym, though. STAR! STAR, yeah. Yes. <laughs> STAR! <laughs> yeah, the upward <laughs> angle. On the, yeah, totally get it. The Orb. 
I don't know if obsessive love is really love because it's I, I, I think it's more about possession yeah, and for yeah. Ducat she's a possession of his not really a relationship of his the 602 club but yeah Evan Peters has way too much fun with this character I mean he's really embracing it really embracing it and just always brings a smile to my face when I see him Saturday morning trek The 30 seconds that we spent on Scotty singing probably could have been used with a really fun, uh, why are all these women in in security uniforms standing around us? Rather than just, you're more handsome than ever. Yeah, (laughs) what was that about? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. You can listen to every show on the network at Trek.fm with links for iTunes, streaming services, and a direct download link. This week of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com. This is a great way for you to read all of the books you want to read but never have time for. Audible is always expanding with over 150,000 titles to choose from. There are classics, current bestsellers, and famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive and Federation. Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to try out Audible yourself. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. To support Trek FM, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Thank you, Audible, for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. If you are a weekly listener and would like to directly help Earl Grey, please consider becoming a patron of Trek FM. At patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose a pledge level and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. You'll be inside the Observation Lounge of our network, able to participate in our monthly patron roundtable podcasts, and supporting the production of all of our great content. We would like to take this moment to thank our current patron associate producers, Stephen Boyd and Ron Sarna. Thank you for supporting Earl Grey. Connect with other Trek FM listeners on our Facebook discussion group called The Babel Conference, found through the Facebook search field, or like the facebook.com slash trekfm page, for show updates and announcements. The network is also on Twitter, at TrekFM. Hi, Philip. So if someone wanted to talk to you about your favorite non-Skeletor program, where would they find you? Uh, you would find me in... The, uh, I mean, you would find me in uh, uh, on Twitter, and my handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for North Carolina. And Daniel, if someone wanted to find out the... Uh, was it the... Konami code for creating sentient life on the holodeck. Uh, how did how did they, how would they contact you? Well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't need to contact me. I'll just tell them right now. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Uh, BA select start. But that's okay. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at one up Dan. That's the number one, not the word. And if someone wanted to talk to me about the joys of a matter of perspective, oh, that episode, they can find me on Twitter under Doctor Sci-Fi. That's D R S C I F I. Uh, okay guys well i think you know it's been interesting talking about the holodeck besides you know that just raw recreation and again there are like we mentioned many other episodes in voyager and deep space nine and enterprise you know that that uh talk about this topic even further so i think i'll do a little research and uh pop in some voyager for the rest of tonight so computer end program 
Earl Grey 144. I'm trapped. I can't get out. <laughs> the safeties are off. Darren, get out of there. <laughs> Why would you turn the safeties off on a podcast? That doesn't even make sense. Fire.